This is Two Girls, One Mike, the show that talks about the holes and plot holes of your favorite porn. Welcome to Two Girls, One Mike, the porncast, where we're here to give you new and informative words from around the world, including biflet, the French word for to slap someone across the face with your penis. I'm your co-host, Yvette Dantrema. Alice, how's your bifleting been lately? I'm so excited. <laughs> So uh, it's so hi, audience. I've been away for a few months uh, from, as you guys knew, I my brain always hurt on one side. And now both sides of my head. I missed you. <laughs> I missed you too, slut. Um, it's as our, we have a guest who we're going to introduce in a minute, who, as you guys know, we record uh, visually um, so we can see each other while we're doing this. And she's uh, she must be sitting here going, what the fuck are these girls on? with?" <laughs> so but yeah, we really did find out this new word from a friend's Facebook Biflet or I, Biffler? I don't. I mean, I'm I'm attempting to figure out how it's pronounced in French, but it's a French word meaning to slap someone across the face with your penis. I have questions. What necessitated that word happening last night? Oh, baby! Like, what's the root of that word? There has to be like I want to hear that it's some old like Latin word that has some. I don't know. I want I want more information. It's it just seems like a German thing to have like a word that's such a specific thing. Yeah, but the Germans probably wouldn't slap you in the face. Well, hold on, German yeah. dungeon porn. I take that back. I'm trying to think. I feel like the the dick more goes like straight into the cheek. It doesn't go on the cheek. It goes like inserted between the teeth and the. I think that's where I've seen it most in German dungeon porn. Yeah, but if you have it between the cheek and the teeth, that's dangerous territory. True. I would know. Um, Has your dick been bitten in that manner? Well, not my dick, someone else's dick. <laughs> Yours do tend to be battery operated. So moving on. So like I said, I was gone for a little while. Like, how's has it been like two months now? It's been since August. So Jesus, it's been yeah. hard. Oh, it's been a, I've been alone. Hey, you've had I'm glad that people have gotten to know our good friend Natalia and they've gotten some fun co-hosting from Kate Kennedy. So like you've had a little variety, but I'm back uh, with a head that no longer hurts after nine and a half years. Ha! Like it's I just I hit my breaking point. I was not capable of functioning anymore. Like, I mean, think about how cranky you are when you have a headache for like two hours. Multiply that by nine and a half years. Yeah, I have a headache today, so I feel bad for you. I can't imagine I, having that that long. I have not. Uh, I haven't had one in. It's been like two months now, and it's just it's very strange to kind of expect that you're going to be in pain for the rest of your life in this very specific way that is just making you miserable and unable to work and putting you on medications that slow you down. And I clearly am off those because I'm speaking at a thousand miles per hour today. But yeah, like it was years of being uh, wrongly diagnosed and being on the wrong meds, and I just had a very rare headache disorder that needed a prescription anti-inflammatory. The drug's called indomethacin. Most people haven't heard of it, but I mean, it really works on these two headache conditions and they're really rare. Like the one I have is called hemicrania continua. For years, we thought I had a trigeminal nerve disorder of some sort, but no one, you know, just stuck a pin in that one, but got to a good doctor and he figured out that I had HC, which basically means hemicrania, meaning half your head, continuum, meaning all the fucking time. Uh, so there are only a few hundred cases in medical literature. So I am not just a biological lemon. I'm a unique biological lemon. So uh, that's what's been happening. And I'm really glad to come back and start recording. I'm trying to catch up on some old work uh, that backed up whilst I was completely out of my head with pain, but I'm going to be back in January, guys. So Thanks for sticking around. And also, we should introduce our guest now because that'd just be polite, gosh darn it. Alice. Well, we have a fabulous guest today, guys. Uh, so you may have heard her name before, Sydney Leathers. Now, 
Sydney, okay, so we started with the Twitter relationship. Hey, I've had a lot of steamy, hot relationships off of Twitter. No, I haven't. I've had one. Yeah. I actually have. No, I meet a lot of guys on Twitter. Twitter is a good place to meet people. Yeah, I mean, and you got famous for very specific dick, actually. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, a, yeah. A wiener, shall we say. Oh. Yeah, um, so it kind of opened the floodgates, or a, a wiener gate, as the tabloids called it, I guess, back in 2013. Holy shit, it's been like six years. Yeah, I basically got canceled before people were saying the word canceled, so that was fun. We're bringing you back, Sydney. We want you back. We're the good, clean, non-Tawdry porn cast that your grandmother will love, so we're here to help. I mean, we know she likes the dirty shit on the telenovela, so she's going to listen to this. Whether or not her grandchildren approve. Laughs in Spanish. <laughs> if this was a video show, we would have somewhere laughs in Spanish as the subtitles. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get there with subtitles one day. But yeah, I mean, so first off, this happened to you when you were 23 at the time, right? Yeah. So I was 22 when I started talking to him and then 23 when BuzzFeed outed me. So yeah, I mean, usually oh, when you wow. do stupid shit in your early 20s, you don't expect it to be like national news, not even national. Like I have family in Greece that heard about this. Like, oh my God. Oh my God. It was really fucking crazy. Like do not recommend getting in a sex scandal. Oh my God. This is why I'm so, I'm so glad two months after I started my website that eventually did get, you know, go kind of viral. I met the guy that I ended up marrying. So I've been just with one dick for five years. Oh God, that sounds sadder than I expected. But like <laughs> there's been there's been no chance for a scandal since I've been but I'm like, God, if people saw what I did when I was 22, the Roman orgies alone. Like, geez. But yeah, that's really just entirely unfair that that happened to you. So for listeners who aren't aware, uh, you were sexting Anthony Weiner, a former congressman, I believe, right? Yeah, he was a former congressman at the time, but was running. Well, he wasn't running for mayor when we started sexting, like in the middle of our sexting relationship, uh, decided he was going to run for mayor of New York City. And I feel like I wouldn't have even cared about any of that and would have never tried to say anything, but he was actively being a hypocrite and lying. Like he did this People magazine spread with his wife and it was all like, I'm a changed man who would never oh, make the shit. same mistakes. <laughs> and oh, he, he sent it to me. And for whatever reason, it Wait, just- Wait, he, he sent, sent it, it to you? you? Yeah, yeah. Shut up. So he sent it to me. Fuck him. I mean, don't fuck him ever. He doesn't I deserve it. I think he wanted oh. like a pat on the back or something. Thing. It struck a nerve with me in a way I'm sure he didn't expect because I was just like, you fucking hypocrite, just like typical politician, you know, yeah, like everything you say is disingenuous, you know. Yeah. So I leaked some stuff anonymously to this gossip blog and I felt like, oh, I did it anonymously. Like it was, I knew the owner of the blog and trusted him. So I felt like, cool, you know, I can kind of like throw this out there and I'll have, you know, there will be no repercussions. You Is know, it I don't okay wanna... if I ask uh, which blog? You don't have to tell. Basically. It was the dirty.com. Okay. So yeah, I felt like it was something that I could get it out there and my name wouldn't be attached to it. No big deal. I could move on. You know, pretty much nobody in my life knew what I was doing. So I thought, ah, big deal. You know, this won't be connected to me. And then, yeah, out of nowhere, BuzzFeed outed me and used my legal name and like photos for my social media. Fucking and hell. yeah, it was super terrible. <laughs> that was that was still when slut shaming was popular, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Like I in my heart now, I'm like, God, could this have not have happened a few years later? Like after Me yeah. Too, I would have had a much easier time. 
Seriously. But because it was pre me too, you know, I got the brunt of it. Even you were the home wrecking whore. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even I'm, though you weren't the one cheating. Yeah, I'm a, a single girl in my early 20s, you know, just doing dumb shit, you know, not really thinking much about it. And then it like kind of blew up my life in a way I wasn't expecting. And of course, anytime you do anything that you're profiting off of when you're in a scandal, people hate that and hate you for that. And they're like, oh, obviously you want to be famous. It's like, dude, I already got outed. My legal name's out there. I lost my job. It's kind of like, what else are you going to do but kind of exploit yourself in a way, you know? Yeah, you have to lean into it. You get into the public sphere for something, you lead in, otherwise you're done. And you're like, Monica Lewinsky was very lucky. Like she has a rich family to fall back on. And I'm not like bashing her for that. That's great for her, but not everybody has that. And I certainly didn't. And it's like, I have to keep a roof over my head and like feed my cats. Yeah. I mean, it's like lucky is of course, as we all know, a relative term on this one. Cause God, she got dragged for. I I know she had a horrible time. I'm not saying she necessarily just had the easiest time, but it is a a little bit easier if you at least don't have to worry about the basics of like, am I going to be home? I wonder how bad things would have been for her if it had happened during the internet era, because it was just just a little pre, I mean, it was like five years before what social media really turned out to be. I think if, you know, it would have happened where it was more like me, where she didn't have a family to rely on and there was more internet involved, she probably would have ended up in porn like I did, because that's just an easy way to make money when you're in a scandal, you know, like, what else am I going to (laughs) do? Oh, I'm sorry. I can't submit my resume right now uh, to this legal firm <laughs> because, yeah. Um, oh, uh, Sydney Leathers. Uh, any relation to that Sydney Leathers that's all over the tabloids at the moment? And that's even how it is now. Like, I believe it. It's really crazy. Like, I feel like I will probably do freelance work forever because it's so difficult. Like, when I was in college, oh, yeah. I needed an unpaid internship to graduate, and. Um, my boyfriend at the time, his friend's dad worked at this TV station, a, a CBS station. And I was like, okay, cool. He'll for sure give me an internship. I go down there. Well, basically I call first. He acts all excited and has me come in. And then when I get there, he's like, oh, you're the Sydney Leathers. And basically just made me feel like shit and pretty much told me they would never give me even an unpaid internship. And I'm I'm like, why would you call me down here just to treat me like a circus act? They just needed to throw tomatoes at the harlot. It was really, really shitty. Yeah, I was like, should they gotten the bell of shame out at you too? Oh, yeah. I felt it was very like Game of Thrones when they walk her through the street naked. Seriously, like, why? You know, I don't want this fucking job anyway. I just want to graduate college. Like, just give me the unpaid internship, dude. (laughs) So, so yeah, it's hard post scandal to, yeah, live with that constantly. Because even if you feel like you've moved on, like emotionally, and you know, have some distance between you and that, like, people are still going to associate you with that, especially if your legal name is in it. Yeah, I mean, as long as you're out there in the public sphere, never mind in the public sphere, people just Google everyone that they're hiring for a job now. Yes. I I briefly had a a side hustle and it was funny because they they only realized what I did. I have about 300,000 followers over on Facebook for my science writing, but like the people that I work with did not Google me right away. They're like, oh, you just seemed safe. 
<laughs> I'm like, really? Safe? Ask the people whose careers I've destroyed. Uh, but here's the thing. Once that information is out there on you in the public sphere, it doesn't stop being there. Like a scandal that someone has where five of their friends catch them be doing something stupid, that's not a scandal. That's a blow up. When you're at the point where anything you do or publish or whatever becomes news on top of what you said, there's no going back. And that's not fair for private citizens like yourself who, you know, it's not like you're a celebrity or anything of the sort of like, you're not a Katy Perry, you're not a Taylor Swift. You don't have millions of dollars to fall back on. You know, you're an everyday person. And unfortunately, this happens so many times and it's really just not fair. Yeah, that's part of why I was so upset about it. And even after the fact, like I've had to do a lot of therapy <laughs> to deal with all of this. It's so traumatic yeah. to go through something like that. And especially, you know, having people think that like, oh, you wanted this, you wanted to be famous. Like the perception is so skewed when in reality, I'm like, you have no idea how miserable this made me. I wouldn't wish this on anyone. And it's not fame. That's being infamous and being famous are not the same thing. Very <laughs> different. Know? Yeah. Very so different. I'm like, you know, and obviously the financial aspect, being infamous doesn't equal the same dollars as being like a famous like celebrity, you know. So it's like exposure bucks, basically. Yeah, there's a huge, huge difference. You know, this didn't set me up for life. Did it set me up for a few years? Yeah. But would anybody trade their life or like their normalcy for a few years? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think willingly. And I don't think anyone, when they hop into something that fucks up their life like that, knows what it's going to be like until they're on the other side of it, until they kind of have it settled down. I don't think even the biggest fame whore on earth would be like, yeah, sign me up for that. That sounds great. I'll never be able to have a real job again. And dating oh. will be hard and renting places will be hard. And like everything in life forever will be hard. <laughs> Oh, my God. Aww. Have you ever? And I mean, I, I don't know if this is something you went through. Did you ever consider changing your legal name just to? I think I'm going to actually. Yeah. No, I think I'm going to at least change my last name. I haven't yet, but I'm moving in the spring and I think I'm going to change my last name when I do. I'm pretty sure it's still going to be a thing that follows me. And what's so funny is when I started getting tattoos, I never thought that like I started getting tattooed as soon as I turned 18 before any of this. I never thought that would be a thing like people sometimes recognize me because of my tattoos. Uh, so I'm like, oh wow. no, I people, never thought about that. People were invested in that scandal. Jesus. <laughs> like, What's the craziest thing that people did, uh, you know, during the height of it? Like, okay, you have stories. Yeah, I've got so <laughs> What do you want people to know about your life during that time? I think is, is an overall Literally, question Literally, this. this is not just me being dramatic. I felt suicidal at like multiple points just because I was like, how do I ever get past this? Like, how am I ever going to have a normal life again? Like, I lost basically all my friends. Oh my God. Uh, some of my family. Yeah, it's really hard. I'm from like a conservative area. So everyone's very uptight about sex and all of that. So that... Yeah, it just made my life difficult on levels that I would have never anticipated. Like, you know, again, I was a private citizen. Like, that's part of what bugs me so much about this whole story is that you could have ran the story without my name or with a fake name, and it still would have been the same story because I was nobody. You know, I was just and like a college student in the Midwest. Like, I was And they do that now, too, where they're much more likely to not put the woman's name in, you know, and just they'll go out with the person who did the cheating is the person in the public eye. Right. Uh, and it's like this could have been very different if it was five years later. Yeah. And that's yep. like the difference, too, is like if somebody is a politician and they're actively saying they're not doing something, it's OK to call them out. They're a fucking politician. Like, 
like that's part of it. But if somebody is like truth to power, girl, truth to power, if somebody is a 22 or 23 year old college student who's like single and is nobody. I was not popular on social media. I was nobody. Well, <laughs> like, how is that a story? <laughs> Buzzfeed, not only for clickbait. What's funny is that there were people he was associated with after me that they didn't use the legal names of the women. So I was kind of like, oh, so okay. To, not that I want anybody else to be outed. It was just funny to me. It was like, oh, it's okay to do it to me, but it's not okay well, to do it to the other. It's like a quota that they have. They have to kill off the reputation and, and life potential of one girl per year. You were the sacrificial lamb for 2014. And what's funny is that I honestly have wondered sometimes I'm like is it because I have a stupid name and it was like good for headlines <laughs> like, yeah I, I mean, actually think that was part of it I really Sydney do Leathers, I would Sydney be Leathers surprised because it doesn't sound like a real name but it yeah. is actually I, my real wait name. I thought up. it was your like we all thought no, it's really I, my I think, name I think Shut we both thought door. it was your porn name no we that, very, that is my legal name you were born with an amazing porn that's name that's why I had to do like so when I got the porn offer you know there I had to do it under my legal name. There was no option to use a stage name because they wanted to kind of capitalize on my name being in headlines at the time. So there, yeah, there was no option. It was like, use your legal name or don't do porn. <laughs> Whereas wow. he chose a shitty porn name, Carlos Danger. Oh my God. <laughs> I need to know, when did he introduce Carlos Danger into the sex? Was it like when you guys started or was it like later on? I gotta be. It was later on for sure. Yeah. Okay. Oh I don't have a good answer for that. Yeah. <laughs> At one point, he's like, no, call me Carlos now. <laughs> um, no, we had like switched formats a couple of times okay. on like what we were communicating on. So it was just like a username he picked for this other thing we were using. Yeah. Carlos Danger. Because I think he thought he was protecting himself because none of this would ever come out. <laughs> oh, my God. The Internet is forever, man. Like, I, I, I wish someone would have told me that. <laughs> oh. I think we were all pretty naive, uh, even up till a couple of years ago, about how permanent your record was now that it was on the internet. Yeah, for sure. We were all afraid of the permanent record in high school and in uh, grammar school. No, now we're afraid of the permanent yeah. record. And we built it ourselves and we're doing it to ourselves. Like I'm from a really small town and I was somebody that was like gossiped about a lot when I was in high Aww. school. So I think that everybody I went to school with and their parents were probably like, sounds about right. <laughs> If it was going to be anyone, it would have been her. Like. Which is pretty unfair given how many, like, he, he seemed to be a serial um, cheater on his wife. I'm like, how do you pin down the person in the hometown in the middle of nowhere who's going to, like... Oh it's, my God, uh, that's something I would never wish on anybody. They literally camped out at my apartment complex, oh my like, God. press from everywhere, um, they went and staked out a drive through at a taco place in my hometown and would interview anybody who would say anything about me. And stuff would Holy get published shit. of just like random people that didn't even know me. Or, oh, my God. It was really yeah. fucked up. I grew up in a small town in New Hampshire with a population of like 1,200. And I'm picturing a scandal happening to me and them asking people who haven't seen me in yeah. like two dozen years. Yeah, that's for like, sure how it was. There was a girl that I went to elementary school with that I hadn't... She stole a pencil from me and I haven't forgiven her yet. She was going to go on CNN and say mean things about me, even though I hadn't <gasps> seen her or spoken to her in, since elementary school, but she found out they weren't going to pay her, so she backed out. <laughs> I thought that was like the funniest thing ever. 
I had a girl from back in New Hampshire and that group of friends uh, try to start a rumor that I was sleeping with, like, at the time, my only really famous friend who I was, like, somewhat publicly associated with. And I'm like, yeah, could we not? Why is this what you need to do for your entertainment? Oh, yeah, because your life is sad and boring. That's how it is when somebody is in a small town. Yeah, they're just bored. So they gossip and yeah. Yeah. The easiest thing to do is make up shit about someone else's life for entertainment. So yeah, that was my life for a bit and it was pretty shitty. Yeah. (laughs) But it does die down eventually. But yeah, in the beginning, you're just like, oh my God, is this ever going to (laughs) end? Like it is an actual nightmare. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. Like I've had things go viral a handful of times. I was a trending story on Facebook once and that was back when they still had trending stories. Um, But no matter what, when you're in the middle of it and you're getting hate mail, it feels like it's not going to stop and everyone who's around you can see that you're broken and wrong and like there's you can't get out of it until like the public outcry just stops and I've from an article I wrote on chiropractic that landed me on Joe Rogan's podcast I still have not stopped getting hate mail two years later no I understand like I've gotten death threats rape threats like I've been encouraged to kill myself people have threatened my animals like the craziest most fucked up shit just for being like a sexual woman like I don't know I guess that's how dare you I know so just for getting some text messages from a congressman it comes in waves too like it was really bad in the beginning and then it died off and then you know he'll do something you know like when he went to prison it got bad like there were just weird times where it flares back up you're permanently tied to him basically on in the in the social conscious yeah here's a question did it flare up when you were tied to aoc Oh my God. I, Wait, so what? I didn't really, this is such okay. a weird story. So I, I, I tell the story to Yvette and our listeners. Hold on. I'm, I need to light a joint to get through this. Holy shit. No, this is so <laughs> weird. And this is like. I come prepared with a joint for the show, just in case. No, I have a bowl like just off. Alice has wine. Just where, this is a 420 friendly zone, obviously. Oh, I have champagne here and I have Chardonnay. This is happening. <laughs> we need champagne when you come to visit. Yeah, where to start? I didn't even know that this was a thing. And then I think a reporter reached out to me. This is like very typical of my life. This is not even the first time something weird like this has happened. So oh man, basically there was something floating around, I think on Reddit first, and they were saying it was a, a picture of AOC in the bathtub and that you could see her tits in like the faucet and like the reflection of the faucet. Oh, it was fucking <laughs> So I was like (laughs) me soaking in my bathtub with like a weed pen and like a candle burning. I didn't even know you could see my boobs, which is so hilarious. Not that I would even care, but I did not even know that you could see my boobs in the faucet. And the, the best part of all though, is that foot fetishists were the ones that debunked it because I have very small toes and they, oh my God, (laughs) they did their due diligence on wiki feet. Yes. So it was like I was in a scandal that I didn't even mean to be. Like, I never tried to say, like, this was hurt. This is something I posted on Instagram like two years before, (laughs) like, forgot about. (laughs) So it's like, I don't know, just a weird internet conspiracy that it was a picture of her, but it was actually me. Yeah. So that was weird. But I didn't really get any death threats around that one, thank God. (laughs) Maybe it's been long enough. Maybe the people that are mad that Anthony Weiner won't be the eventual mayor of New York have gotten over it. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully his two fans have passed away. Oh, God. (laughs) 
And here's the thing. I remember, like, I, I'm i very deep into my politics. And I used to watch him whenever he was on uh, Real Time with Bill Maher. And I was like, he's so brilliant. I, I hope he makes waves. In he's going to do. Nah. Instead, he went to prison for sexting a 15-year-old child. He deserves everything he gets. Like, it's just, which, I mean, it's like, why is it? possible for a politician to both, you know, be an effective politician and not be an asshole. <laughs> I know. I, I mean, interrupt I think, you now. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's the level of narcissism you have to have to even run. Yeah, exactly. No, ex that's exactly it. <laughs> yeah. It's, I've had friends tell me, you, are you, you know, you're really like, why don't you run? I'm like, cause I know how much dirt there is in me. And I also don't think that I'm capable of representing the American people. My friends keep joking that that's why I would be a good politician. They're like, everything bad about you is already out there. <laughs> do it. Hey, Alice will be your campaign manager and you will win. I promise. I do get shit done. <laughs> she is a one woman wrecking ball. And if, you know, if you ever do decide to run, she knows what to do. Yeah, no, I really don't think I would, but it is funny to joke about for sure. I'm not joking. I'm just picturing the introduction with AOC. Hey, no, I actually had a couple of places reach out to me about doing like fucking fake presidential runs. They were going to like pay me to do these publicity stunts. Oh, and I'm Jesus like, you dumbasses, I'm not even old enough. First of all, you have to be 35. <laughs> so I wouldn't do it anyway, but I'm not old enough. So it was funny every time somebody would come and try to bribe me with that being like, by the way, definitely not old enough. Sorry. <laughs> Don't worry. 30 is going to hit you soon and you'll be old enough to be a senator. <laughs> Before you get to there, so it's my warning from my 30s. I just, I'm sending uh, messages from the future. Start using Botox early. I've been doing Botox really? and filler since I was like 20. Yeah, way saying, ahead of you. I Whenever <laughs> I may see it at all. And that's the thing. When you do it well, it looks natural. Yeah, that's why I started doing it early. Because it's like, you don't need as much if you start early. And if you just do a little bit, you don't look insane. <laughs> I do my forehead and, oh, this is fun. I got to be a Botox model for a training class two months ago. I got my Botox for free. Not paying for a bunch of paralytic bacterial neurotoxin. I am down. Oh, and you had the most interesting story from that. Yeah, I had, I had a reason I brought that up. Do you remember the show Dr. 90210, Sydney? Yes. So I go, you know, you fill out a form, uh, send off a picture, and they say you've been pre-approved, come in for this meeting. I walk in, and Dr. fucking Rob Ray is standing at wow. the desk. Yeah, and it's, I guess they also teach. And it was a different doctor who used to be on that show who was, like, supervising the training session of two months later for the thing. But it was like, I walked out of there kind of dumbfounded <laughs> that I'm like, this is, really? I just looked into free Botox under the, huh? Okay. No, but, that's awesome. Free yeah. injectables are always good. <laughs> yeah, anytime I don't have to pay for it, I am, or I can pay less for it, I, I'm quite happy. I've, it's the number of times I've been like, mm, I can go for a group on on this. Yeah, occasionally I'll do like, uh, I'll post this on my Instagram story if you do it for free or give me like a steep discount. <laughs> I tried trading that. Oh God. Hi listeners. I'm really vain. I tried doing that once. <laughs> it's, it's no, the, uh, the difference is like, cause at the time I was still, we were trying to figure out my headaches and we're like, maybe Botox injections will do it. And he did them for migraine. So I was like, look, I'm in a tough spot. Do you accept insurance for this? My insurance has been shitty. What can I do? And he's like, I would really love to help. But first you don't have, you don't have my migraines and I don't do that. But like he was, he was really trying to work with me, but now I just know I need a bigger following and to be more upfront.
upfront about all the stuff I inject into my face. <laughs> so you had another procedure, and I have to ask about this because I've never spoken to someone who's had this procedure. <laughs> okay. Labiaplasty. I did, yes. Tell me more because I have questions. So many. All ask of the questions. Ask me all your questions. Uh, so what made you start considering it? So for the same reason I got my boobs done, I like symmetry, and I felt like one of my boobs was a little bit bigger than the other, and that's why I wanted my boobs done, just to kind of even things out. Same thing downstairs. One little lip was just like a little longer. So it's like kind of like getting a haircut. <laughs> I feel like mine are like, do you remember in Finding Nemo how one of them had like <laughs> one gimpy fin and one long one? That's kind of, it's, look, I'm just saying I'm a unique flower. All right. <laughs> and that's how I felt too. And I feel like I wouldn't have cared, but I was like, eh, if I'm going to do porn and also the plastic surgery was free, by the way, at the time what? I could get any plastic surgery I wanted for free. Oh, so okay. I was like, why would I not? So, I don't know. So at the time, I kind of felt like I should get everything done that I could possibly ever want done because it's only going to be yes. free for a short time. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I am, I'm a hundred percent. And it really was such a minor thing because, you know, he just literally was taking off a little bit of skin. It wasn't that much at all. So I'm to me, it was like, ah, no big deal. So I'm just picturing healing being... It wasn't bad at all, actually. Um, the day of, I went and walked on the beach with my ex-boyfriend. It's very romantic. <laughs> it was not romantic. <laughs> I was not in pain. It wasn't bad. Yeah. Wow. Wouldn't have expected. How long was the healing for? I it? think it was like four to six weeks, something like that. The only bad part is you can't use a tampon when you're on your period and you can't have sex. So other than that, it was fine. Well, that's one reason I can't do it already. <laughs> I love tampons. Don't we all? Yeah. So using Tampax, please sponsor this episode. Well, I like thanks. So thanks. Please get in touch with us. I will tell you about how you are cradling my lady parts right now so gently. <laughs> okay. But here's another question. Did you lose any sensitivity down there or no difference? No difference at all. Yeah. No. The only difference is that I have a more photogenic vagina now, I would say. <laughs> I applaud the vanity on all levels. The best part, a photographer friend of mine has the piece of my skin in, yeah. <laughs> in like a medical specimen jar in his apartment I with missed. a bunch of like weird taxidermy shit on a shelf. And it's just a beautiful so you're thing. saying he has a piece of you. But he I does. He literally does. Yes. <laughs> Isn't a, it disgusting? I know. I, I love mean, it. As a weirdo scientist, like my master's is in forensics. Uh, like I'm like, oh, it's creepy. Hand it over. Um, I'm like, there's a dead body. Let me investigate. But yeah, at the same time, I'm like a piece of someone's labia. No, it's disgusting I, for sure. That's why I love it. I think it's hilarious and just weird and very much something I would do. I, I still am like, yes, on brand. Good work. <laughs> This is why you're invited to the girl gang. You are. So officially invited. Actually, I don't have a printer, so I can't print you an invite or send a certificate. We'll send an evite. Perfect. You're now in our girl squad. You can't leave. So how big is the piece even like? Okay, so I, this is the most disgusting part. I would compare it to, you know, the um, beef quesadillas from Taco Bell. It's like a little chunk of beef from a case of <laughs> That's literally what it looks like. Maybe Ooh. like the size of my thumbnail or smaller. Like just a little guy. But that little amount of skin in that area makes a big it difference. It makes such a big difference. <laughs> Taco Bell, sponsor this episode. <laughs> <laughs> to sponsor us, email us info, two girls, one mic. <laughs> 
that's a fucking story. So how has it affected your sex life or the uh, pleasurability of sex in any noticeable way? No, it hasn't. Maybe other than I feel like more confident, you know? You're like, I know this is pretty. There's no difference in like sensitivity. There's no difference nice. yeah, sex wise at all. I just feel like it's a little prettier to look at now. <laughs> Do they do before and after shots with it? No, but I know in my head. <laughs> it's like, I, I remember what she looked like before. And I did my first porn. Um, I can always look back at that because I, oh had any, I hadn't had any plastic surgery. So I had my real boobs and my real pussy in my first porn. So I can always look back fondly on that. <laughs> it's like, oh, memories of the labia I left behind. What, I feel that way more with my tits. I look at my old tits and I'm like, I, bar- I don't even remember those. Like I had those those were mine like they seem so foreign to me now is it okay if I ask how big are they now how big were they then uh, I think I was like a small b probably before I had pretty small boobs and I'm like a double d now but I do want to go smaller next time I like the way they look but it's a lot to carry around every day <laughs> so yeah. I, I'm definitely going smaller next time that is exactly the reason why I'm okay with my small b yeah no Same. like I never thought about just like shoulder and back problems and you know I feel like I get more headaches from like shoulder tension and all that kind of shit that I never did before. So I'm like, yeah, when I get them redone next time, I'm definitely going a lot smaller. I think I'll just feel better physically for sure. How frequently do you have to get them redone? I think it's like every 10 years, something like that, you know? So um, I'm thinking in like probably two years, I'll go smaller. It'll be about time. (laughs) It's musical boobs, just new size for the new week. (laughs) I even thought about maybe like I've seen a couple girls that got fat transfers and their boobs look really good and I thought about maybe just ditching the implants and doing that so I don't have to keep doing this every 10 years so I think I might do that instead just I can't imagine just I don't like being put under anesthesia it's the surgical recovery yeah it's terrible so I would kind of like to maybe do that instead and just be done with it I'd be like, look, I have enough back fat to fuel these up until a full C. Uh, no, seriously, like my hips and thighs, like got a lot going on there that we could put here. Oh, I'm with you. If, if you'd like me to contribute. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the last five pounds, but can I just reassort it to where it's supposed to go? Right, right. <laughs> So yeah, that's, that's the plan for the girls. (laughs) So what are you up to lately? Just trying to be a semi-normal functional human, uh, still in therapy, which is good. Um, Long distance fist bumpsies on that. I had a mental, I had a mental breakdown over the last year and spent most of it suicidal. So I feel you. Yeah. So I feel like it's good to kind of take time and work on yourself when you need to. So yeah, I do this like very specific kind of trauma therapy And so that has kind of been, I've been doing it for a couple of years and I feel like the last like two years I've kind of been the most emotionally stable I've ever been. So yay, that's been good. It's hard work, but like if I didn't do it, I would be a wreck. So (laughs) it's like, it's gotta be done. Getting yourself back to functional is good. So yeah, just kind of trying to build a normal life, like post scandal and Um, I have a social media management business like within the porn industry. So I do that and some freelance writing and yeah, just trying to live a normal life and not uh, get into any weird sex scandals. (laughs) It's like before sexting someone, okay, are you or have you ever been a member of the United States Congress? Do you plan on running? (laughs) Do you have weird nicknames that will be made fun of for easy sound bites? We can't do this. Yes. So yeah, just trying to not do all the stupid shit I did in my 20s, basically. Yeah. (laughs) 
I mean, social media management definitely sounds up that alley. You've gone through hell and back, so. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, it's, you know, like I was saying before, it's so hard to find, like, regular, like, nine-to-five work. You know, even though I have a degree, it's still hard because of all the porn stuff. So it's nice to have something within the porn industry. It's like, if I run, you know, Instagram and Twitter and all this stuff for porn companies, nobody's going to fire me for doing porn. <laughs> you know, they know. So <laughs> it just feels very safe and like, okay, like this can be my little thing. And yeah, I don't have to be like paranoid about somebody finding out about my past or whatever. Yeah, being able to do a, an anonymous job is very helpful. Yeah. And it's nice too. like, I do webcamming and have an OnlyFans and stuff, but it's nice to not have that be like my only source of income because there's just a lot more pressure when that's like your main thing and it can just be stressful and having it be something that's so like looks based. It's nice to be able to take some time off if you feel like you need it. And, you know, I can just have like a more normal day to day life and yeah, it just is much more like relaxing. Good. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we have so many guests who are porn stars and, you know, It is a business because the thing is, you know, you're either texting or you're camming or you're doing a shoot or you're dancing. Yeah, it's a lot. (laughs) Yeah, it is a lot. And so much of it is image based. So I know some of our guests and friends, they go to the gym like for three to four hours a day. And I'm like, yeah, that explains why you look amazing. That explains why your abs have abs. That explains why you haven't had a piece of bread in 10 years. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm just glad I have like something within the porn industry that I feel like stable and good with that. Yeah. I I don't know. It doesn't have to all be so sexualized. And it's funny. I help other people run their OnlyFans and all that kind of stuff. And nice. it's funny because it gives the girls a break from it's like somebody else is handling, you know, all the people's like perverted messages and stuff. And it's nice for me because it's less like personal if those messages aren't to me specifically. So if the guy's like an asshole or whatever, like, I don't care. He's not talking to me. He's talking to this other (laughs) girl and I run her shit. So I don't know. It's just better. You kind of learn over time. A lot of the assholes have the same exact stupid fucking thing to say. And you're just like, I just have to find a snarky way to get rid of him and, uh, and not get sued. That's how I answer my emails, at least. Like, when I get a really angry one, I just reply, bless your heart. I am really good about, I used to, like, so now I don't uh, respond to trolls, like, at all. Um, In the beginning, I thought it was funny, and I would kind of, like, quote tweet something and, like, say something snarky back, and I thought it was funny, and... But the more I was like doing that and thinking that was funny, the more hate I was getting because they were hoping I would respond. They feed off it. No matter what, they're going to say, oh, she's ignoring us. She has something to hide or, you know, she's engaging. We got her. It's always easier to not engage. It's better to ignore, I think. So, yeah, I just don't respond and either like block or mute or whatever. And I know some people think like, oh, she blocked me. I won. I don't care. They can think that that's better than acknowledging them. I feel like I've started embracing the block button. I've embraced it hard. It has made life on on Twitter livable. It's made it's made Twitter nice again. Like I used to be like, no, I want people to be able to see my stuff when I'm putting out for the world. Like I'm a I'm a writer. I want people to see all my but no, if they're the people that are making my life miserable, I don't care. I can lose those however many hundred maybe of people I've blocked. Uh it's so better. Yeah, no, that's how I look at it too. It's like, to me, it's like, that's my personal space. And if somebody is just like an asshole, like I don't care to block them. Like I don't care to lose followers or whatever. If somebody's a dick. You're stomping on their freedom of speech by not letting (laughs) them follow you. That's my favorite of the dumb arguments. Well, I mean, it only counts if they're a public official. 
Right. <laughs> like Trump, let's be honest. Oh. We need to know when he's going to push that button. I've been blocked by some pretty great people. Megan Kelly blocked me, which is cool. Um, Michael Avenatti blocked me. Yeah, nice. I've been blocked by some real winners. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's my best work. Did you just tell her that, you know, Jesus was in white? Actually, I did. No, seriously. <gasps> I made fun of her about the black Shut sand. up. No, I shut the God. front door. I swear okay. to God, I made Sydney, fun of her about when- the black Santa thing and she blocks me. I don't know if we're in the same part of the world, but if you're when next year in downtown LA, please let me bring you out for libations of your choice. Uh, I just I love you so much. Also, when I got this haircut, I asked for the Megan Kelly. <laughs> just, I was like, yes, I feel more evil already. That's hilarious. I'll start recommending bear spray for a salad dressing. I think that was her craziest thing. It's like, bitch, Santa's not real. What Santa's is wrong with you? Why do you care so She's, much about this? They believe in something else that's not real. The integrity of the Republican Party. (laughs) It's too easy to make fun of them right now. It really is. I mean, it's, I'm not going to stop, but like, it's, it's like when they come out and admit the crimes, that just makes it so much better. Dude, do you know what the weirdest thing was? I was at Politicon not too long ago, and I went, the first talk I went to was uh, all the presidential uh, Republican candidates that weren't Trump were on stage. The Appalachian Trail guy is back. Mark Sanford wants your vote after he comes back <laughs> from hiking. Bill Weld is here to say hi. Uh, but I was sitting there, and they're on stage, and they're tearing apart all the congressional Republicans and Trump. And I'm sitting there, and I'm like, Oh my God, I love them. And I agreed with them on like 95% of points. I'm like, where are these Republicans? Hey, can you just stick your heads out? Yeah. Like, no, but they don't have spines or balls. So, but honestly, they've really fucked themselves by having somebody as crazy as Trump now because it's yeah. like, that's what their crazy base is going to expect now. And they're yeah. never going to want a normal Republican candidate again. They're going to want to keep oh, having yeah. like the craziest of so the crazy can, now. So when they just try to cut taxes for billionaires, it looks way less crazy than, say, letting a million Syrians be slaughtered, you know? Yeah, I'm really interested to see who their next person's going to be once they're done with Trump because it's not going to be pretty. It's going to be like, like some complete It'll, crazy person. Need- we'll finally get President Camacho. <laughs> You know who it'll be uh, because they have to keep going further to the right and can't ever admit they're wrong. It'll be Stephen Miller. Shut up. No, no. Shut Look, up. Don't as, you put that on us. Don't hey, you shut up. As I'm going to run and get my crucifix. <laughs> as a Jew, I have a right to call him out for being a fucking Judenrat, okay? This kid is, is he's trying to suck up to the Nazis so that the Goyim won't uh, think he's a Jew. They'll think oh he's a God. real boy. <laughs> like... What the fuck happened wrong in that kid's childhood? God. Like, he's one of those people you know, like, killed kittens as a child or something. Like, he probably still does. I mean, allegedly, allegedly. Sydney, I need you to do something for the American public and start sexting him. <laughs> <laughs> I will never. That is a, that's too tall of an order. I can't. <laughs> hey, Stormy Daniels said she would blow the president again if it would get us out of all this. Well, she's so. a better person than I am. I cannot sext Stephen Miller. I cannot and I will not. I feel like blowing Trump would be less bad than texting Stephen Miller somehow. (laughs) Actually, I don't agree because just the visual of Trump's penis is enough to make me suicidal. Like that makes me want to call my therapist. I'd just be like, time to close my eyes, close my eyes, close my eyes and think of Brad Pitt. (laughs) So I had sugar daddies, like pre-porn, I did the sugar daddy stuff. So obviously I've sucked some dicks of some unattractive rich men, you know, some fat, gross, 
rich men. But Trump is just a bridge too far. Like that, that is just like the most for democracy, Sydney. For democracy. I don't believe in America. I do not believe in America enough to ever get near Trump's (laughs) penis. Like that is honesty. Like there's just nothing that would be worth that. Yeah. I can think of very few things. Okay, maybe to like save the lives of my cats, I would suck Trump's dick. But any other circumstance. So cats, then democracy. (laughs) Just want to be clear. Correct. (laughs) Oh, man. I think you have your priorities perfectly in order. I think so, too. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, democracy is kind of negotiable at this point anyway. Help. Right. So, yeah, cats first, for sure. Cats will not abandon you. Well, (laughs) depends on the cat. Well, they'll eat you if you're dead. I encourage that. Yeah. (laughs) I want my corpse to go to good use. And and if that involves feeding a kitten, well, then gosh darn it, I was was put to you in use. Yep. Okay. Here's a question. Did you ever meet him in person? No, no, I had never. And I Holy think there, shit. there are people that think that like I fucked him for a long time or that I like wanted him to leave his wife. And it was so not, it's funny to me when I get called a homewrecker about that situation. I'm like, it was a texting relationship. And I definitely, I was 22 when I started talking to him. Do you think I wanted him to leave his wife and be with me? Like, oh, oh no, like oh, no. it was just like, it was just flattering because of like who I thought he was or whatever. You know what I mean? It was just like flattering attention. It wasn't like, oh, I want to be with this man. It wasn't anything like that. In other words, this was something fun to get your rocks off to, yeah, which is completely exactly, which would be completely fine. It's, uh, he turned out to be a congressman, and he turned out to be into fifteen-year-olds. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. <laughs> okay, like, that's not good. Here's a question. So I went, saw the Wiener film uh, because he had a documentary um, about his attempt at a comeback and you showed up to his uh, party. What happened there? I'm just, I'm curious, like, how did that happen? Oh, well, like at the time, the press like pretty much wouldn't leave me alone and would kind of tell me like, oh, hey, you should come to, you know, so they told me to crash that. That was totally like a setup deal. Mm. Like a reporter went with me to that. Like, so (laughs) it's different than what it looks like when you're watching the documentary. And I really was kind of pissed about the documentary because one of the filmmakers had been Wiener's chief of staff. So it's like, obviously he's a little biased, you know? And I didn't even know that this documentary was coming out. It came out years after the fact. And it came out the month I was graduating college. And so for me, it was just like horrible timing because it should have been a time in my life where I was like happy and celebrating. And instead I was being like inundated with hate mail and death threats. Death threats started all back up and reporters harassing me about it. And it was just like really ugly to have all that dredged up again years after the fact when like I'm in school and trying to be normal. And, you know, so to have it all come back up was like so traumatic. (laughs) It was like an extra layer of trauma to have to work through in therapy. So that was just great. Um, But I did really, I did one really fun thing. Um, because I was so annoyed that the filmmakers, like they didn't speak to me at all. Like they didn't care about my opinion or my experiences. Like they were happy to make me look like this one dimensional, like fame whore or whatever, which is fine. But I went out of my way then to forward them some of the like rape threats and death threats and stuff that I got because I wanted to show them like, Hey, by the way, I'm a real person and this is what you have opened me up to. And I know you don't care, but I just want you to get a little glimpse of what this has done to my life. You know? Yeah. It's anytime that you come forward with something like that, it's people are going to be out to wreck you. 
I had the unfortunate experience of I was at a conference and I was uh, sexually harassed. So I don't know. I was groped and there were witnesses and it became because the other person had a following. I do, too. It became a story. And I, for weeks, was getting uh, not as much threats, but people. To, uh, I did get one email telling me that I was a race mixing Jew slut. So Jesus. that seemed a little harsh. Uh, Wait, Jew slut? You know what Jewish foreplay is, right? No. Three hours of begging. <laughs> I kid, I kid. I'm the slut. Among, actually, no, my husband and I are both, we both have one Jewish parent. Uh, so it's, I don't know who would be begging whom. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, people can just be really horrible online and especially to women. I feel like women yeah, really do just yes. get it worse. You know, yeah, there are just a lot of angry, misogynist trolls online. If you are a man who has experienced rape and death threats for sleeping with someone, please write in because we've literally never heard of this. Ever. Email us info at two girls one mic. Yeah, and with like the scandal that I went through, I felt like people joked about him and it was like, haha, his name's Wiener. Like it was like He'd got like more lighthearted shit about it, but whereas I was getting like this horrible home record, like it was much worse and much more like intense. And the scrutiny, I got like harsher scrutiny, and I'm the nobody that's not running for office. You know, I was like, how is that fair? Look, I'm just saying, I would like the press to pay more attention to what we all know is a deep sexual relationship between Huma Abedin and Hillary Clinton. I want <laughs> that coverage. There was a text message between the two of them saying, should we get a creme brulee? Let's be naughty and get a creme brulee. I'm like, oh, I want to see those two ladies getting naughty with that creme brulee. We know that's happening and Huma, I'm happy for you. <laughs> Sydney, if you ever do another porn parody, please let it be between Hillary Clinton and Huma Aberdeen. Someone actually did ask me about that one time. And actually... I was like, if if Nina Hartley would be my Hillary Clinton. <gasps> we will connect you. I will fap to that so hard. I mean, she's played Hillary Clinton at least like four times. Yeah, I know. I was like, she she's the perfect Hillary. So she's, I would do that. <laughs> she's fantastic. I love her so much. I feel like they would like sue me, but <laughs> you know no, what? They can't. Oh. They're public figures. I know. Yeah. They're not the biggest fans of me, though. I have to say that yeah. I do know. Shocker. <laughs> Shocker. <laughs> All you'd have to do is to not get sued, not directly call either of the characters their names, but just, you know, hint at who they are. Madame Secretary. In a way, you can kind of blame me for Trump. I don't know if you know this part of it. Um, we can't be friends anymore. Wait, what? <laughs> the thing with the 15-year-old and Wiener happened. So the 15-year-old came to me, actually, and I helped get the story out. Oh, wow. Like, I am part of the reason he got fucking investigated by the FBI. Holy so shit. So I helped wow. get that story out and just the coincidence of like the timing of it it came out right before the election like I knew about it like six months before and had been working on this behind the scenes and then when it finally came out a lot of people were saying like oh this is the thing that's like tanking Hillary because he had had like a laptop that oh, Huma, yeah. that whole deal. Oh, so shit. yeah, my friends keep teasing me about like you're the reason we have Trump. Look I'm just saying, I feel like those 70,000 votes in those three states might have gone that way no matter what happened. No, I agree. I don't actually think that I'm like the reason Trump got elected. It's just like a funny joke to me. I I wonder how many people along the way looking at little things that helped trip up the election were like, fuck, I did it. It was me. Like, you're just, you're a cog, but you're definitely a cog in there. Yeah, it's just like a funny little inside joke with my friends always, like... Especially with my media friends. I'm like, you're welcome for all the fun headlines you get to write. You're welcome for the profits. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh my God. It's, I feel like reporters are way less shitty about it now because when I got was harassed at the conference, a reporter from Deadspin called and could not have been more understanding, more, uh, I'm so sorry about what you're going through. Are you okay? Like, and I mean, that's just not a thing that happened a decade ago. No. Yeah. yeah I had a lot of weird experiences with reporters. Like I can't even begin to tell you like from one reporter who we hit it off on like a friend level, but then he just kept asking if he could eat me out like all the time. Constantly and persistently. No. And like, oh. this one is actually worse. So the next guy that was like a total piece of shit had like befriended me and we were cool for a while. And then he asked if he could write a story about me. Oh, um, no. And this is a story for the cut. So if anyone wants to Google. <laughs> I read this story this afternoon. I had kind of been friends with this guy before. So he kind of got me to trust him. And then he published this article and most of it was true. But there was this one thing in there that it's been fixed since, but he published it and basically wrote something untrue that made me sound like way more mentally unstable than I actually was. Is it the secret struggle of the woman who took down Weider? Yes. It's So that reporter was such a creep that, so sometimes I do things where I'll be like, hey, if you donate to this charity, I'll send you a porn DVD. It'll be like a charity of my choosing. Well, I had done that for this cat charity because I'm a crazy cat person. It's my porn fans normally that would do this, right? So that guy, that reporter was the one that donated. So I felt kind of weird about it. You know, like, I felt like I had to send the movie because he did what I said in the tweet. You know, he donated to that charity and sent me proof. I sent him my movie and felt weird about it. He sent me a picture of himself watching my porn, which is like, I get it. Like, you don't have to show me photographic evidence. I mean, here's the thing. We've had friends who aren't porn stars who've done porn and sent it to us and we've seen it, but we don't send a photo of us watching said porn back to them. No, it it just felt really weird. And yeah, and especially because he wanted to write about me after. I just felt like weirdly uncomfortable and because he had kind of pretended to be my friend. And I don't know, there were just a lot of layers of like, this just feels weird and kind of like maybe even unethical in a way, like just unprofessional. I don't know. Just a completely side note, you look so much prettier while we're talking right now than you do in the picture for this article. I I was I, I wasn't sure it was you at first. So it's but either way, you look lovely. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've I've had a lot of really weird experiences with reporters for sure. <laughs> so if you're a reporter, here's what not to do. Yeah, and that just happens sometimes when they're reporting on somebody that's a sex worker. They just feel like they can be as like inappropriate or, you know, it's like I'm still a person and that's still weird. <laughs> like and I don't want to sleep with you unless I tell you I want to sleep with you. I probably don't want to sleep with you, you know. It was a perfect line from from the show House of Cards. Oh, if I wanted to fuck you, you'd know. <laughs> Yes. Yes. To all the reporters who bug me, you would know for sure. I'm not a subtle person. My flirting style is that of a highly aggressive goose. Like you would know. (laughs) I'm stealing that. I am stealing that, Sydney. You may take it. My flirting style is that of someone who grew up fat and still thinks nobody wants to fuck her. So so I just go out and be funny. And I'm like, maybe they'll think this was back before I was married. But like, you know, it's like if I'm just funny enough, maybe they'll they'll get over my looks. So I feel great about how I look now. So fuck it. (laughs) I I get what you mean. I was on a race wars with Sherard Small recently. And one of the like co-hosts was like, oh, and you're so pretty for a Polish person. And I, I felt very conflicted. I was like, 
<laughs> they called me pretty, but they also said for a Polish person, where are we going with this? I have a creepier one for oh, you. Oh, tell me. When I was living in England, uh, I met a German guy and it just came up in conversation that I was Jewish and like we'd been flirting and he kind of t- like he looked like taken aback. And then he said, and I quote, but you're very pretty for a Jew. It's like all the ugly ones went to the ovens or something. (laughs) Well, you killed the rest of my family, dick. (laughs) This guy's grandparents held SS parties. Like, when I say I've met a Nazi, you know what? You never know until until they out themselves. Wait, Nazi story here. Uh (laughs) (laughs) We are just, we're going in on everything today. It's very, I feel like we should add like a cautionary warning to this episode. Caution, politics. Trigger warning, Nazis. (laughs) (laughs) Then it's going to make it sound like I'm the Nazi guest. (laughs) No! (laughs) Trigger warning, we discussed it. (laughs) No one here has sex. No. So I was in Krakow recently and I was spending a week there as patrons know, because I send them random shit. And here's one thing I decided not to post about because I didn't know what to do with in this scenario. So you know how like in Always Sunny, do you guys watch that show? Yeah. Okay. Haven't yet. It's on the list. So in Always Sunny, they run into a conundrum where one of the relatives is a Nazi and has all this Nazi memorabilia. I remember that. (laughs) Yeah. So they end up burning it. But before that, they're like, what do we do? Like, do we donate to a museum? Like, do we give it away? Do we keep it? Like, they didn't have an idea. There was this little market, and there were people who came and sold antiques, like their own stuff. And there were a few people who had stuff that had communist symbols from back in the day and SS stuff. So, like, I'm talking about an SS belt buckle, like with the eagle. Yikes. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. I'm, mm, yeah. So kill I kill it with fire. Uh, I didn't know what to do, genuinely, because I'm like, okay, I can't give money because this is profiting to the person selling Nazi memorabilia, but I want to burn it. Like, I just, listeners, if you know what to do with Nazi memorabilia, please write in info yeah. at two Email girls. Email us girls. I like, there's the flag code. There's no Nazi flag code. Right. <laughs> they did not tell us this in civics class. No. And they need to teach you real world skills. What do you do if this happens? I wouldn't know what to do if I stumbled upon a bunch of Nazis. Find out if the person selling it is a Nazi and prepare your fist. Oh, no. And here's the kicker. So I was in an old Jewish quarter in Krakow, and these people were like 80, 90 years old. So they maybe even lived through it. Probably did. Yeah. That's some Nazi memorabilia direct from the source. I don't even have a joke for that. So- you can't buy one and you can't buy all of them. So let me explain why. Because if you buy one piece of Nazi memorabilia, then you're stuck with one piece of Nazi memorabilia. If you buy all of them and shove them into a suitcase, then you have to explain to customs. <laughs> you have to explain that you're not a Nazi, probably. But you know what? At customs, they'll probably be fine with it in the U.S. You might get invited to the White House. <laughs> Don't worry, uh, Mick Mulvaney will have a very impassioned defense of you. Hey, we have Nazis, but we have them all the time. It's just part of doing business. Nikki Haley, please defend me. I'm waiting for her impassioned defense of Stephen Miller. Ugh. 
just thinking about Stephen Miller like makes my stomach turn. He's just one of those creeps, like the creepiest of the creeps. A woman agreed to marry that guy. How the fuck did that happen? Power and desperation, man. Like those seem to be some nightmare fuel for life decisions. Like in what scenario is being with Stephen Miller better than dying alone? Like I would definitely rather die alone. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, you know, even Hitler had Ava. That's true. But Stephen Miller, (laughs) he has been disowned at his old synagogue back in L.A. Good for him. Yeah. Can we just kick him out of the tribe because I'm tired of his shtick? See, I'm Jewish. I can't hate Jew. Mm. Yes, you can. Yeah. I always hate that when people make excuses. Well, they're part of because culturally or biologically they're part of my tribe. No, fuck you. That's not an excuse. No, it's like... That's not an excuse for racism, sexism. It's not an excuse for nationalism. It's not an excuse for anything. Not in the least. So we went down a political rabbit hole. We did. That never happens. We need to crawl ourselves back out of that one because that was a deep hole. Uh, I mean, we got to Stephen Miller and and the thought of him and a woman making my pussy dry. So that's... He's a virgin, right? He's got to be a virgin. Has anyone actually fucked him? Like, I just refuse to believe that that ever has happened. I was about to say, maybe he hired a sex worker, but you know what? I'm so glad that sex workers have the ability to say no to horrible clients. Yeah, that would be a big no for me. Now, here's the question. Do you think Stephen Miller is a top or a bottom? Because he seems like someone who wants to be roughed up a little bit. Yeah, oh. for sure. No, I, I'm going to say bottom. Really? I'm leaning bottom. I'm picturing that scene from Wolf of Wall Street with the candle in the ass. I'm picturing that being like, look, he probably tortured animals. Listeners, if you know if Stephen Miller is a top or bottom, please write in info at twogirlsonmike.com. <laughs> we need to know. This is the discourse you came for. It's not the discourse anyone asked for, but you know you need it. Literally, no one's asking for this. I've checked the inbox. (laughs) (laughs) I would guess uh, that you'll find more bottoms in upper level politics for men than you would expect. I think so, too, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We had actually a conversation with um, a phone sex operator and she's, you know, basically said that she could tell what someone is into for the most part sexually, depending on their occupation. So not overly surprising. Yeah. More powerful, the more they want to be humiliated. Yeah, that can definitely be true. Sometimes it's the opposite. Sometimes they're like the guy with the power trip, you know, like crazy ego. And that's not a guy I want with a hand anywhere near my ass. No, no. Those guys always think that they're like the greatest fuck and they're not at all. (laughs) They're always the ones who are like, I don't do safe words. That makes me bad, right? No, it makes you bad to fuck. Like, Thank you. I definitely ran screaming from one guy who, like, I totally, I mean, ridiculously hot, very into him and flirted for a while. We had just moved to opposite sides of the country. And then he's like, no, I don't do safe words. I'm like, I guess you can do that with someone else because I don't trust someone like you without one. That's a big red flag. <laughs> if you're engaging in any, in any activities that need a safe word, make sure that you're with someone who you think will honor it. Just hint of advice to listeners. Speaking of safe words, these are some people that hear ours. Uh, our patrons. <laughs> well done. I like that one. That was, that was solid. So uh, we need support for the show, as usual, uh, to pay for editing, hosting, bringing on fantastic guests. So you guys can go to uh, patreon.com slash two girls one mic or just two girls on mic.com. Hit the support button and head on over to Patreon uh, or figure out some other way to send me money. I mean, info two girls on mic.com is also our PayPal. I won't stop you. 
There's a donate button on SciBabe.com, too. I'm just saying. Yeah, there is. Just send us money. So we have some names of people we'd like to mention. Uh, We have a list just like Stephen Miller. Um, So today's list is... Bethany Nicole, Bob Dole, Kevin Bounty, Kyle Washington, Logan Waterman, Joshua Rice, Kelly Frazier, Hamilton McDermott, Graham Smallwood, Michael Gatt, Robert Hetherington, My Humble, Rich, Therese LaSalle, Brian Gowdy, and many, many others. And if you also want to become a patron, like I said, twogirlsonmike.com or patreon.com slash twogirlsonmike. We always love and appreciate your support. Plus, you get 20 bonus mini episodes. That said, uh, Yvette, any last words? Thank you guys for not abandoning the ship whilst I was making my brain not hurt anymore. I'm, I'm back. I'm, I'm on all 27 cylinders. Uh, and you guys can find me, as always, at SciBabe.com, Facebook.com slash SciBabe, and Twitter and Instagram over at the TheSciBabe, uh, where I am trying to keep my snark to pictures and 280 character snippets. Uh, Sydney, where can people find you? Uh, most importantly, OnlyFans.com slash Sydney Leathers. Send me all your money at every dime immediately <laughs> yeah she she deserves it she look at her she deserves it and then my twitter and instagram are both sydney elaine xo so we will link those in the show notes and you guys can find me at rational blonde on twitter or again next week here and tell all your friends and please make sure to leave a comment review on itunes or however you're listening to the show but thanks for, again for joining us sydney Yes, it was fun. Thanks for having me. (laughs) It's been wonderful getting to know you. Awesome. So until next week, guys, bye-bye. Bye-bye. 